I don't know. Duck and cover, bitches. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am great. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That's I like good. to hear that. Dun 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 dun, just like our music. Dun 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 Is that it? Oh my god, you got it! Yeah, I If you listen to the end of last episode, if I actually put in the last end of last episode, I forget her music. If she edits it in there, it yeah, she forgets. I forget her, even though I remember so much. You got it. You got it. I think I just like hi guys. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. I hope y'all are doing swell. I'm sure again you missed us and you're trying to get used to this whole every two week thing. I know yeah. it's different. It's weird. It's hard. But it's so Brett and I can continue to enjoy doing the podcast. Yeah. And not we, make we it. Want, we want to enjoy without the stress of, oh, fuck, I yeah. forgot to research and ah, I have and then no trying time. to find time to record. Yeah. So two weeks is what it is, y'all. Yep. We know you miss us. We miss just you. Just hang too. in there. We do I mean, miss you too. I mean, it's weird doing it every other week because it does cut the episodes in half. And it, doing it an does. episode a week is a lot when that it's, when you're doing other things. It's a lot when you don't have a a full time job where you're having to constantly work doubles and also mm-hmm. just bid on being. Oh shit! I don't know if I told you. Mm-hmm. I bid on being the bar manager. What? Oh, you did tell yeah. me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there's that, which means I'm probably going to be 10 times more busy. Yeah. And the other half, Brie, is in school, I feel like more than full-time. Like you're like, it's you're taking on a full load and then some. I'm taking three math classes and I have two fitness classes. I'm at school five days a week. Four of those are at night, two of the, three of those in the morning. Like it's just, it's a lot. And, and the rest of the time studying. you're studying with your notes yeah. and book. Yeah, literally, I, I don't understand two of my classes very well. And so I'm trying really And that's a well. problem. Like, you need to understand yeah. that shit. So Yeah, I need to pass. I want to graduate. And <laughs> <Hello>? I mean, <laughs> even – so this is my nerd side. I enjoy stats, actually. I, I like doing the homework. It's, like, really calming to me. You're I forgot we had homework. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, I didn't realize slash forgot slash didn't double check that I had homework due. On Thursday, and so I didn't get to turn in homework. You're in trouble. I mean, good thing is I have like a really good A on that class. Like I think I got like two points off of the midterm. Like I'm not worried. Uh, Overall, I know like my goal is to pass these classes. If I can get an A, that's awesome. If I can get a B, that's awesome. If I can pass, that's awesome. (laughs) Like I'm senioritis, 100%. I'm ready just to graduate. So that's just kind of give you a little view because like the other day I did the career fair and now like I'm a committee head for here and I'm also the secretary for another board and we're setting up a, a mixer for Pi Day and it's just that's on top of studying and yeah it's it's crazy and I, I do like everything that I'm doing and yeah. when I'm busy I do well but when you add podcasts in there too it just it's a little overwhelming it is because our recording let's sessions do, are usually two. like an hour and a half to two hours, if not more, for just the recording, then going over to edit it. And, and of course, as you all probably know, Brie is like our editor extraordinaire. So on top of like our actual podcasting, she's the one who's editing everything because I am a total tool and can't get my act together. <laughs> you will. To. You I will someday. Worried. I promise. I promise. I mean, it's going to happen. I give you shit, but I do it because I tease you because I know you're yeah. going to. And oh, no. again, this is like the 80th time I said this. I love that Brett does the <laughs> social media it makes me. I happy. am a good social media. When I get it done, yeah. I get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, it I was like, have to get I'm done. totally gonna post today, and I was like, shit, I was supposed to do that. Today. Fuck, god damn it! But when I do it, I do it. I like, I go big. You know, the I good like, thing pick, is, pick good I have picks. S- yeah, some scheduled posts in Hootsuite now, which Ooh. I think you can actually use and log in with. I just have to figure that out. But I have those already set up for like your birthday, my birthday, and a couple other holidays. Oh, um, so that's like hella important. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I wanted to do. I just didn't have time to just like make random posts to add on there, but it's hard. Uh, But we're getting the hang of it. This is all new. We've only been doing this for. We're babies. Not even half a year. We're little podcast babies. Like just like the little little egg has broken and we're a little cheap, 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 like, you know, 
October, November, December, Jan. Four months. Yeah, we're only four, months, four months. So new. We're a baby. Uh, Oh shit! Uh, if you don't know yet, where you're listening to a particularly dangerous situation. Mm, mm. I don't know how far we've gone into. I don't know recording. how far along we got, but we Hopefully are particularly dangerous situation. So we're a disaster cast. Um, that's like a new thing, I think. But disaster podcast, disaster yeah. cast. I mean, there's um, a few. There's a there's yeah. a few out there, but they're not as prevalent. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, are okay. we ready? So, yeah, we're totally ready. I went first last time. Um, so, Brie, it's it's all you, girl. It's me. Do it, do it. Do it, do it. So, uh, uh, the last couple, including this one, is a disaster that is not weather related, uh, because that's just kind of my interest right now. So, so it's fine. Which so tends fine. to be my interest, of course. But also, so yes. My sources is Wikipedia, as we know, <laughs> thepeoplehistory.com. As a side note, a really good – I don't know if this actually related because I just like read what I read off it and then didn't get a dig into the website itself. But The People's History of the United States is a really, really good book. You can also get an audio book of it too. It's um, the first – I read part of the first chapter and it's literally – Christopher Columbus stumbled upon America, raped people, and killed them. Like, it's the truth. Mind you, it says it's a little bit different from that, but it takes actual letters from, like, Christopher Columbus and other people there. Just get right into it, bro. I mean, it's pretty much like, this is the truth. You learned one thing in history class in fourth grade. Here's what really fucking happened. True. what the people's history of the United States is. Totally suggest it. Okay, sorry. Wow. Off the cuff. (laughs) Did you like my nutshell? Like, was it TLDR, TDLR version? Uh, That's the thing where it's, um, I forget what the acronym is, but it's when you have a long story and you have it on the bottom and that's like, this is the nutshell of what happened. Oh, okay. All right. It's a Reddit and other blogs and stuff and probably Facebook. All right. So got it. Off that whole random side tangent thing. So NPR, <laughs> the shipwreck that led to Confederate veterans to risk all for Union lives by Ooh. John Hamilton, which gives Ooh. you a little idea what's happening. And okay. oh, that's interesting.com. So, of course. To give a little snapshot of the time, it's 1863 or it's around 1860s. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to bring quickly to go over some events that might help place us there. Okay. So the states have already succeeded, and in 1861, the Civil War began. The start of 19... Oh, God, I keep wanting to say 19. The start of 1863, the Emancipation Proclam... Oh, my gosh. Proclamation. Thank you. The Emancipation <laughs> Proclamation. Proclamation. Thank you. It was like... Duh, 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 duh. It's all the bumps in there. <laughs> was made by Abraham Lincoln uh, in, like talked about and stuff too so and battles continued because civil war income taxes were put in the place to help pay for the war and finally in 1865 the civil war is at its end april 9th was when robert e lee surrendered the confederate army to the apocmatix appomattox Thank you. Appomattox. To Ulysses. <laughs> I lived S. in Virginia. Grant. I know this. Okay, good. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be able to say this. I don't know. I didn't try that before. Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, it's Appomattox. Um, and just a few days later, on April 14th, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth and passed away Ooh. the next day. Bye. Um, this is all. I wanted to give that snapshot for reasons. So Yes. In 1863, the Sultana was built by John Litherberry Boathouse, and it was listed as 260 feet long and 1,719 tons and made of wood. It was a steamboat. Okay. Uh, It was designed to have only 376 passengers. It was intended for the Mississippi cotton trade, but ended up having many other uses as well. It would usually hold crews of about 85 and for a couple years went between St. Louis and Missouri down to... New Orleans, Louisiana. Captain of the ship was James Cost Mason. On April 13th in 1865, the Sultana began its normal route down to New Orleans. Two days later, later in Cario, Illinois, it was now known by <clears throat> it was now known about President Lincoln's assassination. So it was the next day after the assassination. 
Okay. So Captain James Mason decided to take the, a whole bunch of newspapers from Illinois to take it to the South. Because at the time, telegraphic communications was mostly cut off due to the war. And Captain Mason was on its way. So he was taking him down to spread the news down there to people. So, so he, he was thinking that nobody knew that the president was dead. Yeah. And he's like, I got to tell everybody. Yeah. That people okay. didn't know that he got assassinated because this okay. is like not far after the war also. Interesting. Okay. Because the war technically ended on the 9th and it's only the 15th. Okay. So So there's still a lot of people because of the whole telegraph stuff being shut off that just don't know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Makes sense. So yeah. So he grabs a whole bunch of newspapers. And so he's like, as my, as I go down to New Orleans, I'm going to like pass these out and cool. Let the people know. So on his way down, huh? Let's spread the word. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> thank God. Well, someone needs to tell, right? So on his way down, he made a pit stop uh, to Vicksburg, Mississippi and chatted with Captain Reuben Hatch. So uh, this is kind of confusing, but let's try this because I, the things I read made it a little bit more confusing than it probably should be. Okay. So there was a small parole camp holding union prisoners of war that were being held by Confederacy in Alabama and Georgia. The Union prisoners of war were waiting for the release back up to the north. The U.S. government promised to give $5 for enlisted men and $10 per officer who would be paid to any steamboat captain that would bring the men up north. And I think any captain or anyone who would bring men up lord. It says steamboat. And then in Wikipedia, it says $275 per um, enlisted man and $8 per officer. But the other one said 5 and 10 So. Um, so up to, I, well, I think it's like maybe up to, but I feel like it was like, oh, the government will pay you five bucks for every enlisted man that you bring up and like, you can make good money. It's 1800. So that's hella money. That's a lot so, of money. Currently Hatch knew of 1400 prisoners that needed help to get up North. So okay. he thought, Hey, this Mason guy needs some money pretty bad. I bet he'll take him and give me a chunk of the money. Why not? So yeah. Like, so this gets a little bit confusing because there's a case where Mason here saying that he gave a bribe to take a large amount of the soldiers. So okay. there's one part that says he took a bribe, I think, like from Hatch to take the soldiers. And then there's another part that says Mason bribed the camp like officers or chiefs or whatever to take the soldiers, okay. which kind of makes more sense. And then I don't know how Hatch is really involved unless Hatch is like... Hey, elbow, elbow, because the idea is that Hatch is going to get a kickback. Oh, so, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But still, you see where the confusion comes in? Like, I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's pretty much like, yeah, sounds good. Uh, when I come back up, I'll grab him. So uh, this seemed like a pretty sweet deal. So Captain Mason agreed. But first, he had to finish his travels mm-hmm. down south. So <laughs> I knew I was going to say that. But <laughs> down yeah, south. So, <laughs> just down. Just down. So, traveling down to New Orleans, he continued to spread the news of Lincoln's assassination. April 21st, Sultana began its trek back up north. About 10 hours south of Vicksburg, one of the boilers sprang a leak. Oh, no. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun! Dun-dun-dun! I love when I make that. I wonder how many times I've done that damn sound effect in this A lot. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, a mechanic came down to check out the boiler's leak. Um, and after examining it, he recommended extensive repair. That would mean that he would um, cut out and replace the ruptured seam that caused the leak. This wasn't going to work for Mason. A job like that takes too much time and money. Uh, and with the soldiers to return, time was of the essence. And he knew mm. if he waited long enough, other boats would swoop them up and he wouldn't get the money that he so greatly desired. Yeah. So with the help of his chief engineer, they got the mechanic to essentially just patch it up. Oh, so the I, like it's no not good. foreshadowing at all, by the way. Nope. <laughs> Just so, slap something on it and let it go. Yeah, pretty like a band-aid. So the boiler was repaired and Captain Mason picked up the prisoners of war promised by Hatch and to take them up north. At this time, there were about 85 crew members and 70 other passengers and some livestock before he picked up the prisoners. And then that's when you add the prisoners of war. Oh so, no. Keep in mind, there's only supposed to have a max of 376 passengers. Yep. So, and mind you, didn't the, he say 1400? Yeah. 
that he <laughs> thinks that he's picking up. That's how much he thinks he's going to be picking up. And I just want to side oh note God. that those 70 passengers that were on there were paid passengers. Which Oh, I would shit. So they paid pissed. to get on that shit. Yeah, but not the the soldiers. So there was some confusion when Mason went to pick up the prisoners of war from the parole camp and got a few more than 1,400 um, <gasps> that Hatch mentioned days prior. Oh, no. So once the boat was loaded and ready to go, there were 70 cabin passengers, 85 crew members, 22 guards from the 58th Ohio Voluntary Infantry, and a whopping 1,960 <gasps> paroled prisoners. Almost 2,000 of just the prisoners. Okay. My face right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay, making a burrito so gap, gas face. On a boat that's supposed to only have like 400 some odd people. Are they all just standing? They're all just standing up? Standing Pretty up. Much. They're all just next like, to each other. Uh, it's like sardines. I'm just going to stand next to you and like be just jammed. Hi. I smell your armpits. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm assuming you do feet to head. Like, what are they laying down? down? Are they laying on each other? I mean, you have to sleep. Oh, hell no. No, no, yeah. no. You're just stacking bodies? I mean, I kind of. I mean, it is a big chunk of a boat, but it's not that big, like, to no. to actually uh, no. hold no. these people in a comfortable way. No, no. And could you imagine me one of those paying people, too? I'd be no. so pissed. No. I want my mom money. I, give me yeah. my money back. Give me my mom um, back. <laughs> so there's actually a picture on Wikipedia page where you can actually see just how overcrowded it is. Like, this oh my god, guy, I gotta find during it. He was, oh god, uh, I think oh god. it's like in Memphis. This photographer takes a picture and says people standing everywhere. Okay, so what's the name of the ship again? Sultana. Sultana. I gotta S-U-L-T-A-N-A. look this up. S u l t a n a. Oh my gosh, I gotta look this up. Sultana ship. Civil War. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Images. Okay. Beautiful ship. Beautiful. Where's the inside? I'm not seeing this. They have a picture of them. It's not the inside. It's a picture from the outside. Oh. It's just people standing in the ship. Because the guy who saw the ship going by, so he took a picture. And it's just people all on the decks is standing. It's so many people. Oh. Oh, yep, 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 yep. A lot of people, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. That's weird. And of course, nothing. Uh, That's a lot of people. Yep. So, um, Jesus. There's, oh, yeah. So, leaving Vicksburg, Illinois, there were 2,137 passengers. Oh, my God. 1,761 over the. I mean, the ass end looked like the ass end of this boat looks like it's being weighed down. The front's still kind of like. But the back end. It's going to be, right? The back end. And people are just dragging their feet. Right? That boat's dragging itself. Wow. Wow. Um, There's people on the ladders. Yep. Uh, okay. And obviously, this meant the Sultana was overflowing with people. And of let's course. not forget about that livestock, which is of still course. on there. Can't forget uh, the livestock. And a whole bunch of other, like, cargo and stuff that's on there. Wow. So, with the weight of the people, heavy wood beams were added since it was noted that the decks began to creak and sag. You think? Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, how terrifying is that to be on there? And like, the, the deck should not sag. That's horrible. Only dicks should sag. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's just so close. Period. Uh, periods can sag too. So, the Mississippi <laughs> River was super flooded in areas. Uh, the extra water gave the river more power and took over banks and littered with debris like chunks of tree. It was trees. It was also mentioned that it was hitting the height of trees too in yeah, parts yeah. of the river. So, it's yep. like super, so much water. I get that. Yeah. And when I say the banks were flooded, there were spots that spanned thir- three miles wide because wow. of how much water there was. So the Sultana made its voyage still. One stop was made in Memphis at about 7 p.m. on April. Wait, one stop was made in Memphis as about at about 7 p.m. April 26, where 120 tons of sugar was offloaded with approximately 200 of the men. Wow. Going a bit further up of the river, Sultana was then landed was then landed and added coal on and then went back up the river. So af- uh, about an hour after the coal stop, it was 2 a.m. And on April 27, there was an explosion. Oh, no. First, 
one boiler exploded, which surprises no one. But then suddenly two more followed. Mm. It was described in the NPR article that the entire center of the boat erupted like a volcano. <gasps> oh, that's so awful. Are you ready for the? I don't know if you're ready for this next part because you oh know God. how the many people there were on the on the steamboat, right? I was just were, gonna say, I'm like, that's awful. That's awful. I wonder how many people were just like literally just thrown into the air. I'm not laughing. So, I'm just like, oh my yeah, god, you're in shock. Is what it is. it's like a, a shocking thing to hear. There were soldiers that were squeezed in right by the boilers, and oh, unfortunately, shit. they're there done. Was no they're possible done. way that they can survive the blast. Nope, done. They're gone. Done. And they're like from like they're like oh from Kentucky and somewhere else. So there's all these soldiers that just were released from like the war as prisoners, and then Sorry. on an overcrowded boat just want to get home and dying in an explosion. God. Um, the explosions meant uh, shrapnel going everywhere and joined with steam and boiling water. Also, oh, so steam went upward at a 45 degree angle through the decks, and again. The decks were overflowing with passengers. So, like, so all those people were burned by steam. Yep. Yep. Uh, it destroyed the pilot house, which meant there was no one there to steer the boat. <laughs> oh, God. So, you have a huge. This is like the ultimate disaster. Oh, yeah. It is gnarly. So, then the smokestacks collapse. Of and course. one into the fresh crater created by the blast, and then the other forward, taking out the front decks. And those on it. Oh my God. Not that I'm trying to make a joke of this, but this, like, all this is happening. Like, you. Okay. So. It is a cacophony yeah. of actual disasters. Like, you've got this, like, the nest, the nest, the nest. Exactly. Jesus. Uh, so, um, the paddle wheels fell off. So, one fell off, and that, of course, made the burnt turned sideways, and then the other one fell off. And at this time, it was just a huge burning chunk floating in the Mississippi River. It eventually floated about six miles down the river and sank at six or at 9 a.m., which is seven hours Oh, my later. God. So people on the boat had to make decisions quick. Yeah. They jump could, or. Yep. They jump or jump or jump or jump into the freezing water. Oh, my uh, God. But not all had the strength to do this because some of the soldiers who were abroad uh, aboard the boat were not to their full potential due to the sickness they got when they were captured and imprisoned. I'm sure. So, yeah. So it's like they were sick when they already got on the boat and then they don't have energy. Probably like. But on top of energy. it, I mean, there's probably things that diseases is probably naturally spreading on something where you're that close to people. Yeah. You know? well, and like they're only on the boat for so long at this point, but even still. And like wow. in camps, it's like that. But also the boat's on fire. The river's overflowing and super powerful with a whole bunch of shit in it. The river doesn't seem safe. The boat doesn't seem safe. Like you don't really, it's like neither choice seems really good. No. I mean, the what water seems do? like the best, but there's a good chance that you're going to drown or yeah. freeze because it's very cold Jeez. water. Even yeah, April, like the April. water's so cold. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's see where. Okay. So a local resident, John... Fogelman and his son actually built a quick makeshift raft with logs. He was like a boatman, I guess. But so he wow. grabbed, him and his son grabbed some, like somehow made a makeshift raft with logs of some sort uh, to grab some of those who were off the burning boat. So who wow. got off. So they would like try to get them and then bring them and I guess like hang them on trees. It made it sound like, or like here, go in the street and then go and get more people back and forth, try and save as many people as they could. Here, hang out here for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an hour after wow. explosion, a steamer boat, uh, Bonstana, came to the wreck and began gathering survivors as well. So while some people floated by the water and yelled to crews of steamboats and water. Um, oh, by the way. So while some people uh, who jumped off the boat, they floated by the waterfront and yelled to crews that were of steamboats and warships uh, that were by the waterfront for help. Yeah. So then other vessels came to the rescue of the survivors. Wow. Unfortunately, to be a survivor was difficult. The river was very cold, so those who did not burn from the boat or drown had a chance of dying of hyperthermia. Oh, no. Over the next few months, there were still bodies coming up to shore some miles away. Wow. However, there are many there that were never recovered. 
There are a few different death totals, but you could say that there was about 1,500 that may have passed and almost 1,000 that survived. Wow. Um, that's still, I don't think, count. And that's like all estimates. It's up for a debate. I mean, it was yeah. an older time, so the hardest yeah. part about anything uh, Is prior to like, like the whole, I feel like our, our records recording like in the mid-1900s was where it really started to excel. But yeah. prior to that, it was kind of like, eh. Well, and it's, uh, since some of these were prisoner of war, they were probably AWOL. And so yeah. also, if they're AWOL, that means their family don't know if they're actually dead or actually a prisoner of war. Correct. And I think that had to do with some of it too. So like they, and because they said the, um, the numbers changed between like 900 and then like 1700. And so like, there's pretty big chunk between them. And some of it was saying like, at this time, they did this thing when, like, they were doing, I think, like, a not a census, but kind of, like, counting, like, who, what, when, where yeah. for the soldiers. And so that kind of changed the numbers, too. Yeah. So Agreed. there are some theories on how these explosions happened. Oh. The official oh, cause. theories. I love theories. Whew. So the official cause was uh, mismanagement of water levels in the boilers, and that's what made it worse by so many people were on the boat. Or sorry, so yeah, it's, it's overcrowded. Yeah, and then it's overcrowded. There wasn't enough water, I guess, mismanagement of the water levels. Yeah. Um. So with the extra weight, it caused a larger movement since the boilers were connected. Uh, the water moving from one boiler, like if it was in the front would quickly move because the boat would move a lot. Yeah. I guess it's making sense, right? It was so heavy that to side to side would be heavier. Correct. Yeah. So you, you're having a side to side motion. Your boilers are having to correct and overcorrect and correct, overcorrect, yeah. overcorrect. After a while, they're, they're something, it's, something's not going to sit right. So what was happening was like it would go and when the boiler was going all the way to one side, wherever water wasn't, there was hot spots created. And yes. so when the water would go all the way to the next one, it would like hit that hot spot and the pressure, like the pressure was changing too. Like it created okay. different pressure pushes, I would call them. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Sense so it's like instant steam. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> like of course there's steam because of the boilers, but also like the pressure of the steam pushing but the pressure of the steam. So it's like it's so much spots. so fast. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what I wrote that was we're connected to water from moving from one boiler quickly down to the last one created a lot of extra pressure. Uh there was issues with the metal use for the boilers. So charcoal hammered number one was the type of metal, and it was okay. known to crack and get brittle when heated and cooled repeatedly. Why oh, no. does no. this keep happening Why? over and over again? Why do you have the? <laughs> Is this the same shit that happened in the molasses fire or the molasses thing? <laughs> they they use the same stuff. <laughs> so this makes me think of the metal of the molasses, uh, the metal that was used for the towers of molasses in Boston during the Boston yes. molasses flood. I don't See? know if it is, but it is the same type of metal, the same issue. It's a hammered metal. metal. Yeah. Yeah. It's some kind it's of hammered metal. It's the exact same kind of issue where it's not the it's not appropriate metal. Yeah. yeah. It's not the appropriate metal to use for that kind of use. Stupid. Um, Stupid. And then, since dirty river water was used, because they used water from the Mississippi River, oh, it would cool. clog between the flues and create hot spots too. Hot spots too. Okay. So, God. So, not just that, but oh. even the design of the boilers, referred to as tubular boilers, could be at fault, especially considering the dirty water. Um, okay. And of course, oh yeah. So yeah, before I go to the next part, so... The type of boilers uh, design, the type of metal used, how they were filled, yeah. the overloadedness um, of the ship. I mean, it um, was it was yeah. a it was a disaster from the beginning. Yeah, and don't forget like, the quick patch up. I that obviously didn't help. Oh, quick patch up didn't help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Let me just slap this up, on. If it wasn't overloaded, my theory is the quick patch up would have been fine. If it wasn't over, it's not going to be the best. Yeah, yeah. It would have like toot toot him up there yeah. but that was before there was 2,000 people on a boat that's meant for oh my god way too many not people. more than 400 like less than 400 people yeah there's but five times more people on there four times five eight times yeah i'm not doing the math there's a recipe four, four or five recipe for disaster it is yeah it really is it was <laughs> we got so <laughs> serious but it's so it i think that's when we get serious we're like no but it really was like <laughs> 
Oh my God. Okay. So of course there were numerous stories on how different people sabotage, sabotage the, Oh, of course. I just saw Beastie Boys sabotage, uh, sabotage the steamboat and cause the explosion. Um, so that especially around wartime. Yeah. Well, and a lot of like Confederate soldier, um, a union soldier, I think there's a uh, someone from the town. Like somebody there's a lot of it. different somebody did it. So if anybody yeah. wants, I don't want to add all those because I wasn't sure how long this is gonna be reading it. But if you yeah. want to read those, they're all there's a whole bunch on Wikipedia. They're interesting. Definitely, not, like, yeah, there's always alternative stories for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's all it's just kind of like it makes me think of during the Boston Molasses flood, for example, how the company was trying to say anarchist Italians uh blew it up or how people said that it was shot and it was yeah, like, like no, fuck you, dude. How yeah, you know it was just, Italians, you know? Yeah. Like well, because Italians were in the neighborhood and they were against the war at the time. Oh, but God. like it's that was a straight up racism. Um But it's I it's funny. So like I pulled up a couple of things on Sultana and all of them mm-hmm. have all said that despite the magnitude of the disaster, that the, no one was ever held accountable. No one. Yeah. They never actually physically said, You're accountable, you did this, here's what we're gonna charge you with. Nobody was. um part of that has to do with um the captain uh-huh. Mason died. So yeah. he couldn't be held accountable. I think a lot of other people Hatch actually had it in with the courts and stuff with people, with okay. politicians. So he quit the army, however that works. So he quit the military. So he was a officer, I guess, of some sort. Like, captain. Out. Well, he was a captain, I guess, of yeah. more than just a ship or something. So he this isn't even on my paper. I just remember kind of reading it. So he quit the military. So then he couldn't be put through military court mm-hmm. and then he essentially just knew people and paid them off so he never got in trouble <sighs> ever of course this, he oh he got actually called subpoenaed to come to court three different times and he just didn't go oh my god and he didn't get in trouble and then he like oh. died and they're like yeah so um no one actually <sighs> ever got in trouble for it um i hate that i hate that i i feel like this like other like I feel like this along the lines of like what we look at with true crime, Mm -hmm. when there's somebody that's not found accountable and then like pass away above, like you get so mad about it. You're like, Oh, it's like no closure. Yeah. There's no closure. It's all. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, So I personally feel like it was the shitty repair and overcrowding. That was the biggest issues. I actually wrote that down just so we know. And then, um, (laughs) go, Though Sultana's disaster is the worst maritime disaster in U.S. history, it was easily overshadowed by Lincoln's assassination. Of course. So, yeah, that makes sense. It, so and they were like, hey, about, a bunch of people died on the river, yeah. but but Lincoln just got shot. Yeah. And people, like, because people bring up Titanic, but that, that wasn't a U.S ship or anything so i mean it was going to the u.s but it wasn't really part of u.s history so that's why this is the biggest maritime disaster in u.s history wow um, and the war just ended one article theorizes that people were just done hearing about people dying and like sadness so they were so just they like we're over it. it we don't want to yeah. we don't even want to publish this yeah and like maybe just Holy people shit. didn't want to hear it like people just are like i i just can't do it anymore because there's just so much shittiness going on with the war now that's finally over <sighs> Uh, that's a theory. I don't know if that's true. I yeah, think but that's kind of sad. Like, that's like the people just were like, well, tuning it out. I mean, I guess yeah. I get that because like, even nowadays people just like, Pfft. yeah, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to turn the radio off. It was, they were survivors were lucky and I'm doing air quotes in a sense <laughs> because 700 and I think like 60 of them oh yeah I have a couple more things I guess to talk about so yeah 700 it was like 760 of them went to a hospital in Memphis that was actually I think like a wartime hospital that had a whole bunch of supplies and was set up and oh, so nice. they got really good care there and there were still okay. some people passed away but not a lot there was about 900 survivors actually met up they made an anniversary around the time of it and wow. they met up every year until it became like 10 of them. And then one year was two of them. And then one Aww. year was one of them. And Aww. then he passed and he was like in his nineties and one of the oldest uh, survivors died in like 1938 or something. He was wow. like 90 something. That's there's really something, sweet. there's something really sweet about the survivors coming to meet each other uh, yeah. every year. Like there's something because they do say like, 
just things like that do bring we survived really this. close together but yeah we yeah. survived this like this was um, this was an yeah. event that we survived and here we are and that less than half survived on that ship so yeah so that was really interesting and there's now some like throughout that kind of area there's actually memorials and some of the like people what some of the people who passed were buried around that area and um it's more i wouldn't say talk about it's not like everyone knows like one of the grandsons of someone this and there was like i didn't really know about this and i'm from the area my grandpa was around during that time and i don't know a lot so that's part of the thing. Oh, um, when the soldiers come in too is during um when people are saving survivors, there are actually people who were previously Confederate soldiers going out and saving people who were then wow. actually Union soldiers. So part of it's like just a few days ago they would have been shooting them and now they're saving them. And now they're saving them. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, that's just a whole view on war in general, but that's a whole nother conversation. Whole nother conversation. The fact that we have to kill people <laughs> to prove points is bullshit. Anyways. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So that Sultana, I'm assuming that's how you say it. I think of like. Santana I think it is Sultana. And yeah. I hear. I was trying to do the like Santana. Sultana. Yeah. Sultana. That one was the first time I researched recently, and it was really interesting. It was one that cool. I cool. It was interesting, upon. and it's actually really. Into, I think it's crazy that they were like, just keep putting people on there. Just yeah. keep putting. Just put them on. Just put them on. Just pack I like them in. it was like thirteen, like fourteen hundred. Cool. Like that makes sense. It's like I'm like 1900- what the fuck, really? Hundred, nineteen hundred. The fuck? That's not what your boat was built for, asshole. No. <laughs> God damn it. Get it right. Oh, well done. Yeah. Yay. Thank you. Thank applause, you. Applause. My cat's just staring at me. What are you looking at me for? You my cat's butt's in the screen, but Maggie Aww. or Nina's down here in the corner or Nina. Oh, what are you doing? Are you turning? All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm very excited about mine, partly because I hate everything about it because <laughs> I hate bugs. I hate bugs, but <gasps> yeah. I know. Oh, I think I know <laughs> I what you're expect- doing. All right. I hate bugs, but I was really excited about this because, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go out there. I'm just going to do Should it. Should I guess? Gonna- because I have a feeling because I looked at it and I had to take off my list because it's on your list. <laughs> Which is it? Is it locust? Yes. Oh, yes. I want to hear right. this. Yes. All right, so kitties. Glad. Oh, that's so funny because I put up my list and then I was going over your list and I was like, delete, delete. <laughs> I know, sure. I know. And I had a few of those too. Yeah, so, it happens. I'm ready. If you're up on your Bible, kids, you know that when God was angry, the Pharaoh would not free the Israelites. He sent down a series of plagues to the people of Egypt. And one of them was a the plague of the locusts. Mm. <laughs> they devour and destroy the crops of the region. Might sound like biblical fiction, ladies and gentlemen, but it's not. Okay, so... Let's do this. Let's jump right in. Timeline.com, timeline, sorry, timeline.com, Wikipedia, of course, my all time mm-hmm. fave, and hearthstonelegacy.com. I know it sounds weird, but they actually had some really good facts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, just um, like an association. I understand. You know, historydaily.org. <laughs> and hold on, there's one more. Uh, oh, no, it's Hearthstone. Okay, I'm going to go back to that one because there's actually some really good quotes. Okay. Excuse me. Totally burping. Okay. (laughs) Tequila drinks make me burp. Okay. The Rocky Mountain locust is roughly 1.25 to 1.4 inches long. So if you imagine, I mean, it sounds like it's long, but it's really not that long. Like if you think about it, it's probably about almost one and a half. So that's pretty long. That's, That's pretty long for a bug. Yeah, but if you if you read up on um, some of the locust lore, uh-huh. um, they talk about it being like four to five inches long, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, fuck that! I was like, I I'd think freak I thought- out if I saw them four to five inches long. Hell no! I thought locusts were smaller actually, so that just even grows. It, it dep- so I, I, and I'll get into like the whole locust versus grasshoppers versus yada yada yada. But yeah, um, but yeah. So this this particular locust, the Rocky Mountain locust. Was 1.25 to 1.4 inches long. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you know the locust now- is a band? <laughs> Sorry, if I, I think that's why there's this like old. Oh no, it's like grindcore 
noise band oh, called the locust. I'm totally off. But okay. Go on. Um, so it's an extinct species of locust um, that ranged through the western half of the United States, mm-hmm. some of the western portions of Canada, and it had large numbers that were seen until the 19th century, and then it just kind of started doing the law, right? Sightings often place their swarms in numbers far larger than any locust species. Uh, of course, the famous one that I'm going to speak of, the 1875, mm-hmm. um, estimated 198 thousand square miles in size which is greater than the size of california ah so to put that into perspective imagine the state of california in the midwest with nothing but locust all right weighing weighing okay don't ask me how they did this 27.5 million tons and consisting of some 12.5 12.5 trillion insects, the mm, greatest concentration God. of animals ever spectacular, speculatively, sorry, not spectacularly, speculatively guessed mm-hmm. according to Guinness World Records. Okay. So I'm I think that what right they now. did, I know, <laughs> just I'm just like, like Brie, her shoulders are in her ears. She's like, God, I feel them on me. I know. Ugh. They're in so my mouth. 1.25 to 1.4 inches. So almost mm. an inch and a half. Okay. That many. So my guess is how they came up. So it's a speculatively mm. guessed. So that yeah. may, makes me think that they were like, okay, here we have an insect. This is how big they are. We're going to weigh one of them. And we're going to say that there were this many in this location based on the size of the location. Here's how much it weighed. Yeah. That's my thought. Okay. That's my assumption. That would make, that's, that's my what assumption. you'd probably do. This is how we math, okay? <laughs> it is. Less than 30 years later, the species was extinct. Gone. 30 oh. years. It lasted 30 years on this world and was like, bye, Felicia. What? So, okay. I'm I ready know. to hear all this of how that. Okay. I know, right? Last recorded sighting was a live specimen in 1902 in southern Canada. Um, the creature was so ubiquitous that it was not expected to become extinct. But so many, it's because of that, they were like, okay, this is, this happens every year. It's, you know, 1875, of course, was like a liquor year, like where there's a ton. They were mm-hmm. like, it happens every year. We're never going to, we'll collect them whenever. So scientists were like, yeah, we'll get to it, go to it. They became extinct and they're like, shit, now I can't study it. So yeah. Uh, Rocky Mountain locust caused farm damage in Maine from 1743 to 1756. In Vermont, from 1797 to 1798, the locust became more of a problem in the 19th century because farming expanded westward. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember that, like, as we grew as a society from the 1700s to the 1800s, we started traveling west. And as yeah. we did that, we created farmland. And, of course, as we always do, we impinge upon nature. And they're like, hey, mm-hmm. that's my breeding grounds. Guess what? Okay. So. You get a little party in your farm. Yeah, <laughs> party in your farm. The insects descended by the trillions mm-hmm. on the Great Plains, spreading mm-hmm. over a vast portion of land from Montana, Minnesota, and all the way down to Texas. Okay, so they just – and I will be posting these um, – a map, uh, a um, – I don't want to say extrapolative, but speculative map mm-hmm. on uh, Instagram uh, after we post this – Episode. The year of the locust actually began with the first arrivals coming in swarms in the mid summer of 1874. Um, they reached the northwestern corner of Missouri in July and early August, and then the coming weeks they just kept on coming, and they were coming in the southeast direction until they reached the limits of their travel. Basically, they were like, "Nope, we're done here. We're gonna stop here." Most of the heavy damage in 1874 was limited to Kansas and Nebraska. It ravaged farmland. They devoured crops. They gnawed on every organic material, including sawdust, leather, and the clothes on people's backs. Like, like I was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. People were wearing clothes. They were wearing leather. They ate everything. I was like, we had just naked people running the streets because yeah, you'd be they ate yeah. everything. You know, they would like eat our clothes, clothes were made out of that stuff. So it's like, boom. How did, why did people, I, I, no, I wouldn't go outside. I'd be at home all the time. You have to be, 
how do you talk out? How do you breathe? How you anything? Like, yeah. there's locusts in your holes everywhere. In your holes. Like your <laughs> nose, your, your mouth, your ears, your hair. You're, you're wearing locusts. No. Yeah. No. Can you tell this how gross this is to me? <laughs> I can't do this. All right. So beginning in late June, 1874, blue skies all over American Prairie suddenly went dark. Some likened it to a snowstorm. Others, the coming of night. The pinky finger-sized insects. Okay. That big. So, yeah, it's about an inch and a quarter. I ate all the crops. Literally all of them. So funny thing was, is this uh, article mentioned a panoply of crops. I was like, what's a panoply? I'm assuming like a variety, but they took to wheat, corn, melons, tobacco, barley, strawberries, potatoes, beans, fruit trees, literally everything that was planted. So they just thought it was like a locust buffet, essentially. It's a free for all. Yeah. The weight of the bugs in the swarm was estimated to be around 27 tons. Um, again, there was an occasional item. It says that they didn't appeal, uh, that didn't appeal to them. They said for some reason, peas didn't interest them. So they would eat everything else, but they would leave peas. So (laughs) for dinner, you're eating peas with a side of peas and a little bit of peas Peas, for dessert. More peas and maybe, maybe a side of locust. There was one gentleman who said they make a nice fricassee. And I was like, that's disgusting. I would never eat a bug. (laughs) Disgusting. No. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, so it, it typically meant for most farmers, complete and utter loss. Yeah. Like their, their entire farm. I was done. Their livelihood. So, um, there was a historian who lived in St. Louis, Missouri, who mentioned that one farmer that was South of the city, South, blah, 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 South of the city, that's a mouthful, had 15 acres of corn, excuse me. And they were eaten in three hours. So 15 acres in three hours, gone down to the freaking nub, just, Jesus. just done. So it, it kind of likened it to like a lawnmower, just going back and forth, yeah. over, <laughs> cutting it down. You know, I was like, Oh my God. Uh, it said that the locusts looked like a great white glistening cloud. Um, there was a, a pioneer woman who wrote about it and said their wings caught the sunshine and it made them look like a cloud of white vapor. Um, oh, confronted so weird. With, I know. Right. Can you imagine? Uh, confronted, uh, confronted with the sudden invasion, farmers rushed to cover their wells and scrambled to save their crops. Some farmers covered their gardens with blankets and textiles, textiles, mm. which makes sense. Like you would just like throw something over like a tarp or whatever, Except but it's the like the insects were so great. They pretty much just chewed through it. They were like, fuck this. I don't know what you're trying to cover. I'm going to get to this anyway. I'm hungry. Fuck you. Fuck your blanket. <laughs> fuck your farm. Fuck it all. Fuck it all. Uh, in many cases, word was able to spread faster than the swarm. So um, they would try and send word ahead saying, hey, you know, we're having swarms here. Heads up. Cover your stuff. Yada, yada, yada. Didn't seem to help much. Uh, one defense strategy that they used was to put a barrier of fire around the land, mm-hmm. hoping that the smoke, um, the more mm-hmm. smoke there was, the better. But they said mm-hmm. it would deter them. And it would deter them from dissenting onto their crops. But it said so many locusts were around, they would actually put out the fire and then eat the crabs. Fuck. <laughs> like, hey, all y'all on the front line, you're going to die for us because we're hungry. So just laying on that fire. Cool. Thanks. You know? like, Jesus I feel so Christ. bad for those farmers. They're trying everything. Right? I'm like, oh, my God. So um, there was a little girl that lived in Kansas that said, think of it. Um, and she was little, she's just a child. She's like, think of it. Grasshoppers were putting out fires. Like it was that intense. Oh my. All right. So get this. Uh, Laurel Ingalls Wilder. You remember her? Mm-hmm. So from uh, Little House on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. Grasshoppers went into the house with them. Their clothes were full of grasshoppers. Some jumped onto the hot stove where Mary was starting supper. Ma covered the food until they had chased and smashed every grasshopper. She swept them up and shoveled them into the stove. <laughs> it's like, dang, they Ew. were everywhere, everywhere. 
Um, so let's check it out. So more of this <clears throat> befuddled farmers and families leapt into action, wielding all sorts of tactical fires, uh, for smoke screens, for traps, for killing, uh, mm-hmm. futile, uh, acts of desperation included shotgun blasts, stomping <laughs> and blows with a stick. I was like, okay, you can only have batting practice so long before you're like, fuck this. I can't get them all. I mean, it is desperation though. Mm-hmm. I feel like Literally. the shooting is just frustration at that point. Like, oh, fuck oh, shoot. you. Maybe, maybe they'll scatter like ducks. Fuck you. <laughs> Go to hell. <clears throat> it made me laugh, though. Yeah. I was like, all right, well done, guys. Uh, so in 1877, so this is two years later, Congress established the U.S. Entomological Commission for the specific purpose of confronting the ongoing pest. Mm-hmm. Two years prior, it allocated 30000 to supply seed to devastated areas. So the good thing is, is that mm. the government actually did step in and was like, okay, y'all be losing your crops. Let's start this over again. So yeah. you could give them money to, to replant. But the problem was it was an ongoing problem until the early 1900s. Jeez. They did keep resurfacing, just not to the extent that the 1874 event happened, you know? Okay. So, um, Damn. So uh, let's see. Uh, uh, the uh, response has been compared to charity and generosity provoked by the Great Chicago Fire years before um, as it spared counties and states sending food and financial aid to the afflicted. So basically it just said mm-hmm. like, hey, everybody who's here in the United States, what we have thus far, because again, they hadn't already like, Establish the full-on West Coast. Yeah. If you want to help your brethren, send us seeds, send us money. We're going to make sure that you guys can kind of replant, yada, yada, and make sure that the West still can contribute to our livelihood. Yeah. Um, as they did every year and provided them with these monies. And then they're like, okay, we're going to actually enact this commission specifically for the purpose of fighting these bugs. So is this a <laughs> so. federal commission then? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like it was in on the federal level. It was a federal. Okay. That's so cool. why did it happen? Um, in recent years, yes, uh, Brett, scientists, why? why, why did it happen? Uh, Jeffrey Lockwood, um, who is a scientist, I'm not sure of what type, I'm assuming he's an entomologist because bugs, um, oh, proposed that the locust migratory patterns behaved much like the monarch butterflies traveling over and covering great ranges of land and then retreating back to sanctuary pockets to recuperate. His research suggested that the locusts populated the valleys of Montana and Wyoming. So like again, the Midwest area Mm -hmm. Um, and then westward expansion because what happened, it was deforested, irrigated, plowed, replanted, et cetera. So it took their breeding grounds into farmlands. So essentially we encroached on them and oh. they had this crazy year of like birth and yada yada, which it created all this amount or this surge in yeah. in in locust. And we were there, but they were already there. And it's yeah. like, oh, we're planting our crops. Well, we just gave them more fodder to live off of. So <clears throat> it has been hypothesized that plowing and irrigation by the settlers in the Great Plains, particularly along the Mississippi River, disrupted their natural lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Duh. Um, Surprise. Surprise. So while they continue to be just, uh, destructive, again, they were always much less so than 1875. Um, they were never again that much of a threat um, as much as they were in 1875. And then again, they just, disappeared they dropped off the planet 1902 was the last one seen and they haven't had them since so that was the last of their species so they lasted pretty much 30 years that was it do they know why no they that's like died off and again they speculate because of like what what we did so we, Mm we took away their habitat and so even though we provided them with food and sustainability to an extent it wasn't Mm -hmm. the stuff that they were used to so that they Mm -hmm. basically just petered out so I wonder because they would eat the so many things too, but I wonder what pesticides were like then. Also true. Like maybe they threw something else in there and they were like, well, we're going to spray it with us and then I'll be fine. It, yeah. And maybe it like killed off more. So they had less and less. And we have to remember that the 1900s was the industrial age. So perhaps mm-hmm. after 1900. And again, they said the last one, mm-hmm. not one, but the last recorded sighting of that particular type of locust was in 1902. So perhaps in like 1910, they had put pesticides on everything and are like, nope, they're officially extinct because we use this pesticide. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So who knows? Um, there's lots of speculation on it, but I don't have any really good true data to actually cite. So it's like, yeah, you'll leave it to the fact that like, we think we just developed that land so much that they were like, bye y'all. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I mean? our podcast can't go through every speculation. We're more of like a really true. good snapshot yes. <laughs> of information. I'll give you a good snapshot. Yeah. It's a good yeah. snapshot. Yeah, so wow. that is the 1874 year of the locust. I'm oh, so what's the and difference? I'm also between... glad I wasn't born then because yeah, that shit. Well, or yeah. <laughs> I think about like even June bugs and how terrifying they are, and there's not that many. Um, so what's the difference between a grasshopper and a locust? Oh shit, I thought I looked that up. Hold on. I did I did I did look it up. Hold on, hold on. Because you mentioned it and maybe a I did and I had a page up and then I was like, wait. I I think I think it has to do okay. Okay, locust and okay, all right. Locust and grasshoppers. Oh, this fucking screen. Sorry. Locusts and grasshoppers are the same in appearance, but locusts can exist in two different behavioral states: solitary by themselves or gregarious mm-hmm. in a swarm. Oh. Whereas grasshoppers do not. Grasshoppers uh, says when population density is low, locusts behave as individuals, much like grasshoppers. So grasshoppers are individual animals. They're usually found by themselves or in like a pair. So not uh, not a lot. Not a group. They don't hang exactly. out with a whole bunch. Gotcha. Exactly. Oh. So what okay. makes it a swarm is the fact that it's a locust because they have that like say hive mentality, right? I take that. I get yeah. what you mean. So, so I wonder how much qualifies as a swarm. Oh, let's see. I mean, not like it really matters. Feel, like I have a vision. I feel like I just heard this, but I think it was actually related to. Um, no, AJ was telling me yesterday he was reading about or like we had just watched the news and it said to, they talked about a shooting and mm-hmm. they said something about a mass shooting. And he goes, do you know what a mass shooting is? I was like, yeah, but they shoot a lot of people. And he goes, no. It's when they shoot more than two. Yeah. It's like, okay. He goes, mass shooting qualifies as two or more. I'm like, okay. Thank he's you. so angry. Like, he's angry about like, it's not a mass shooting. It's two people. It's four. That's not mass. I'm like, so what's the mass to you? Like 60? Like 100? Like, I don't. I, I get I find his it point. funny. Yeah. yeah, I find that it funny, funny that he was very upset about that. But yeah, he sounds so mad about it. So it's the fact that they're gregarious, and gregarious meaning that they can hang out in a swarm. So that's okay. the difference between. And I I remember reading that, but I was like, okay, hold on, I want to make sure I'm quoting this correctly. So that grasshoppers are solitary. Locusts can be solitary if they're in that environment, but yeah. if they're in a swarm, they create that hive mentality, so and they then- act as such grasshoppers fly i mean they can I well didn't know not that. like fly they well, have locusts fly or do they just kind of like hoppity fly no locusts can fly too i'm <laughs> here let me ask you every scientific question flying. about this okay gross, let me let me look thing. about flying because i want to make sure they also differ in their behavior and grasshoppers the front wings are thin and tough while the outer wings are wide and flexible. In locusts, the wings become longer and stronger allowing for longer distance flight. So okay. the body of locust oh. is smaller than that of a grasshopper. So the body of a grasshopper is bigger. Locust oh, bodies are smaller, it. the wings are larger. So they yeah. they look like the same size. I started looking up pictures which I know are probably just like some of them are guesstimates I guess but um, yeah. You know what my my idea or my thought is? They're disgusting. <laughs> I was like going to say, I was like, what's your thought? And you're like, they're gross and burn them all. Burn them all. Also no, burn all of them. Give them their own land where they can live. I feel bad about killing bugs and shit, but they gross. Usually, I, could, I mean, maybe they would be cute if, like, I didn't think about a swarm of them, like, eating my hair or something. Like, that's just, it's just all too much for me. It's just all too much. <laughs> Well, I don't think they ever ate anybody. Um, no, I, according mm-hmm. to the, <laughs> you didn't actually eat anybody. I was being facetious, um, you know. Any, I know because we've seen those cartoons where they're like, and like they drill down and it's just bones. Yeah. Um. So they did say that a family of six starved to death 
because they didn't have anything to eat. Yeah. The, I won't say attack, but like during the swarm. Yeah. That's what's so, really sad too. It's just like how many farmers lost so much money oof. and then like how many cities were like so hungry because they couldn't, they didn't have the food. Like they didn't have the food. Yeah. To survive. Wow. Mm-hmm. Except those people who are eating locust stew. So, locust fricassee, according. I to mean, this, uh, according what to Riley, is fricassee, a fricassee. Yeah, I don't know. Let's look it up. Hold on, I'm right <laughs> here on Google. Let's look. Up I was just imagine like locust stew with a whole bunch of locusts named stew. All right, a fricassee is a dish of stewed or fried pieces of meat served in a thick white sauce. Ew. Oh. Uh, I'll pass. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. I passed. Yeah, it's a, 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 it's, a, it's a way to cook meat, to cut it up and braise it and serve it with its sauce, traditionally a white sauce. Yeah, yes, I'm good. But not locust. I'm good without a locust fricassee. Thank you so I'm much. Good. So that's the, the 1874 um, Locust Year of the Locust. I'm so excited you did that. <laughs> I've literally like I'm so excited that's over. <laughs> Gross. That too. I'm glad that I did not do that now. So happy. Because it is mm-hmm. disgusting. It is the grossest thing. But I'm so glad you did it because I've been so I've been so curious about that for like years. Yeah. Like so long. I got you. I got you. Um we would love to hear how much you guys cringed. Let me know yes. if you gagged, dry, or wet. <laughs> let us know how you feel if you would eat some locust stew. Uh yeah. Let us let us yeah. know if you've made a locust stew. I'd <sighs> like to know. Did you make one? Was it good? Let me know which sound effect I make is your favorite. Because this, again, has been an episode of many uh, sound effects. Every so no, often. No. <laughs> I, licked, I licked the pop filter. On I licked the pop filter. That happened. All right. Yeah, that was Gross. amazing. All right. We did it. We did it. I'm getting we ready to it. make some pizza now because I'm hungry. Right? I know. A little locust pizza. Uh, oh, so we've been talking about nonprofit. So if you listen to yes. our last episode, we had a really great uh, guest, Mark Snyder, and he gave us some really great suggestions of he different did. organizations that um, can help the uh, people of Haiti. Yes. So we have added those in the description in this episode, along with the other episode. Um, these organizations are really important. He gave us some really great um a really great list. And so yes. we've added those. Where you can um, reach out and ask, how can I help? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that help the people directly with the least amount of governmental interference. Correct. Yes. Ooh, one time I say something that actually like flows off the You did it. I can't do it now. See, what is wrong <laughs> with me? You did it. I did Just it. Just once. Uh I would love you guys to hang out with us. So on the social yeah. needs, you can catch up with a lot of times Brett now on me. That. I'm the social needs lady. Yeah. <laughs> She's up on that Facebook and that yeah. Instagram. Uh, so that's PDS podcast and P dangerous situation. And Twitter. Um, but I, and I don't, I don't really post Twitter. I mean, I do by proxy of Instagram, but yeah. yeah. I tend to be the one that I'll hop on Twitter sometimes though, because I'll She's the tweeter. post the things. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll find us on there as PDS podcast as well. Um, our email is just like that Facebook P dangerous situation, but that of course is at gmail.com because we're not paying for our own email server at this time. Uh, because oh, why? send us your recipes on locust stew. Ew. Yeah. I want to uh, know how you cook your bugs. Yeah. Do it. Brett will eat it. If we get... A thousand reviews. Brett will eat locust stew. A thousand five star reviews. A thousand five star reviews. I will eat locust stew. I'll I'll eat I'll eat grasshoppers. I'll do that. I will, I'm in San Francisco. Giardelli has chocolate covered grasshoppers. I will do that. Y'all, give us get get <laughs> us to a thousand reviews. Good, bad, don't care. But I would prefer five stars. But get us to a thousand reviews, and I will I will do it. We'll do it do on it. video. I'll film it. Send it out to all. You wouldn't even have That'll to be a be patron. On you, patron, nope. you can just straight up get it. Done. Watch next week. Somehow we just blow up out of nowhere. <laughs> I want to see this bitch eat grasshoppers. Uh, <laughs> yes! Oh my gosh. Um, yes. <laughs> we would love to hear when you guys are ready for us to, I don't know, have a Patreon or something. 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like when we maybe when we hear from y'all, I mean, we're in the double digits of episodes now, but now we are. We we're there, and we're still waiting for y'all. So we're we're here. We're we're here forever. We'd love to going away. I know we keep saying this, but we just want you to reach out so we know you're real and not a bot. You're listening, please. We don't (laughs) trust it. Um, We only got a couple messages from other podcaster. Um, I don't know if people understand, like, because I've messaged people. It's really cool when you get a message. We love it. Yes. Which, as a side note, uh, Brett, I may not put this, Demi World is coming out their next season, which I'm excited for. And we apparently get some kind of mention in the second episode, uh, Cindy said. So I'm excited. I'm just excited in general because they're doing Unsolved Mysteries. So, yeah. Um, If you're in the Portland area or the San Jose area, uh, cool because we're from there too i guess i don't know what else to say i guess we're just kind of at the end now yeah i did the the spiel right yeah the spiel you did the time to duck and cover brina's gonna get some pizza uh yeah so eating my cookies yeah yeah uh brett already said it so i guess i duck and cover right yeah duck and cover cover and duck (laughs) bye bye